500 years ago, an Augustinian monk and professor at a young university, reading scripture, discovered a teaching obscured for generations by his church, that salvation is a free gift of God and not the result of human works. God's favor and blessing could not be bought with indulgences or earned by anything we do. Reading the epistle to Romans, he saw that the gospel is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith and for faith. As it is written, the righteous will live by faith. What blessed relief and freedom were found in these words to a monk who had struggled with his own sins and despaired that he had not done enough for God. And the biblical reality struck home. He was right. He hadn't done enough. He was dead in sin and like all other people, unable to deliver himself. And no amount of works, no adversities endured, no pains inflicted on his body, no effort would ever be sufficient. But the work of Christ is. Salvation comes as a gift for the sake of Christ and all who receive Jesus by faith are declared righteous before God, holy and justified. And the rediscovery of the good news changed everything. The medieval abuse of works stood in contrast with the Bible's teaching. The sale of plenary indulgences to forgive sins was an affront to the work of Christ, who had already paid the debt in full. And so seeing teachings in his church that went against this, Martin Luther took action. Writing a list of topics for discussion and debate that sought to bring the church back to biblical teaching, this is the day those theses became public. And quickly they spread, affecting Christianity all throughout the world and to this very day. And while I'm sure that Luther could hardly have seen the impact of his teachings, it did indeed have an impact that affects us all. The Reformation had begun. And it was Reformation that was sought. Luther was not trying to start a church. He wanted the church to return to biblical truth. And it was only after biblical teachings were condemned, along with those spreading them and teaching them, only after people had lost their lives for the sake of the gospel, taught according to scripture, that a new church was born. No, Luther's goal was repentance, reform, restoration. But it was not the first or the only time. Reform is always the work of God. Consider our text from Jeremiah this morning. The Lord God sent the prophet Jeremiah to see a potter working at his wheel. You know, I have great admiration for people who can do that work. A number of years ago, President Krieger and I were in Japan, and one of the things we did there was we took a lesson in traditional Japanese bowl making with a hand-powered uh, wheel. And I still have the bowl that I made on that trip. It's not art. It's not perfectly symmetrical or pretty, but at least it will hold water. The work that we did on this, that I did, uh, President Krieger's, of course, was immaculate. 
the work that I did had to be smashed down and restarted several times, and the master kept coming along to move that bowl into its shape. But I have it, and it's a treasured memento of that trip. But I was surprised when several years later, another colleague went on that trip, one who I would not have thought would have fallen in the artistic camp, and came back with a beautiful, perfectly symmetrical bowl. Well, he owned up to what had happened. He would start the wheel spinning and touch the clay a little bit and made some shapes and would wait for the master to come alongside him and help him form the bowl. And as soon as the master left, he took his hands away and kept the wheel spinning and reached back from time to time as the master was looking and he would come over and form again. And at the end of it, he got to sign his initials to another person's work. <laughs> clay on a wheel can be formed and reformed until it becomes what the artist desires it to be, but it takes a master's hand to make a masterpiece. So I went to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to do. And the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done, declares the Lord. Behold, like clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. This is reformation. The master takes the clay and reforms it into what he desires it to be. But the church, created by God as a beautiful vessel to serve the world, had turned into spoiled clay. Its form had become warped and misshapen. The pure clay used by the Creator had been adulterated with teachings and practices that did not come from Him. And the beautiful, pleasing form that He had designed had become distorted, cracked, and broken by the will of sinners who sought their own way instead of His. The vessel of the church didn't look what, like what God had designed it to be. But the Lord is the master. He takes the clay of his church and forms it anew, and God's reformations are his work. He raises up teachers who, hearing God's word, proclaim it anew. He takes the broken mess of his church, purifies it and softens it and forms it again into the vessel that he wanted it to be fit for service once more. And Luther and his colleagues were but tools in the hand of the master. It was God who was reforming. And we commemorate that historic event today. But in truth, I don't need to look back too far to see this reformation happening. I need only to look at myself to see the work of the master. For in the beginning... The creator reached into the dust of the earth and formed humanity from the clay. He knits us together in our mother's wombs and breathes into us the breath of life. He forms us as his own people once more, as his spirit gives us faith and in our baptism. But we are clay, and each day our sinful natures takes the beautiful work of God and tries to reform it according to our plans and designs. 
and we stretch and bend and warp and break the vessel that God has made. Like clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, declares the Lord. He takes our broken, worthless vessels, what we daily make ourselves, and casts them into the waters of baptism once more to recreate us, drawing out our clay and once more reforming us as his people, the way he made each of us to be. And he does it again and again and again. But it's not just that he reaches into our lives to do it. No, God's reformation is far more profound as the Son of God joins us on the wheel. Taking on our human clay, he joins our human nature unto his own. He, the perfect vessel that God intended all of us to be, he gives himself in sacrifice to be pushed and pulled and warped and broken on a cross. Going in our place into death, he goes in our place back into the earth. Dust you are, and to dust you will return. And in our place, he comes forth, alive, glorified, victorious, and bringing life and salvation to all who are broken vessels. And this Jesus reforms us every day. We are alive and renewed and reformed in him, thanks be to God. The reformation of the church always begins with the reformation and restoration of the people of God, one by one. And God does restore us. This is what we celebrate, new life in Christ a life that is given by God's grace alone. We receive it not by our works, but by faith alone, and all because of the work of Christ Jesus alone. He restores and reforms these earthen vessels to be once again the people that God created us to be. And he who calls us as his own and reforms us individually also gathers us together into his church, united by him to receive his gifts, bless and strengthen one another, and to be a vessel prepared for service to the world in witness and in mercy. That's it. That's what the Reformation's all about. It's about Jesus, justified by his work, declared holy because of him, we are now the vessels that God made us to be to serve our neighbor and this world. Shaped by the hand of the master in his image, used for his glory, formed and reformed into a beautiful thing in Christ. In the name of Jesus, amen.